Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. My name is Adam, and today I'm talking to myself again. And uh, I'd like to discuss particularly, it's, it's something, um, it's a little bit more um, somber than maybe a couple of other episodes. Um, but again, I'm kind of treating this as me just talking to myself, which is why it's called that. And just kind of what I'm thinking about and, and, and kind of hopefully maybe something that others can relate to. And I got to thinking about how suicide affects the living. Particularly, I wanted to share my story and how that has affected my life in the past and up to now. Because uh, I've had a few um, a few instances uh, in my life where um, one death that almost happened and one that most certainly did. So I want to share a little bit about that uh, because you know if if you happen to stumble upon this and you maybe you've considered it or if you know somebody who's considering it or who has done it again hopefully this is something that maybe you can relate to and maybe you feel a little less lonely about because I it's funny where what you know versus what you feel are two very different things and um, I know particularly until it happened I always knew like well of course people go through it and of course they say it's greedy and of course you know you're you're not going to actually be mad at those people. They were obviously depressed. But when it happens to you, you, you definitely have that weird thing where like, where what you know versus what you feel just conflicts so bad that your your body feels like it's being torn asunder because you just you don't know you don't know <laughs> where your thought process has to be. You don't know what your actions should be. Um, and uh, there are some long-term effects that happen. So I'm just going to kind of get get right into it now and. Uh, share with you a little about, about what had happened to me uh, with with some of this stuff. So, first is a little side story. Uh, I grew up um, on an on again off again relationship from middle school to high school, dating a gal who uh, struggled with very severe depression, and uh, I still loved her all the same. At least I think it was love then. I, I mean, even now as an adult, I think that was some kind of love. I mean, I was very dedicated to her even then, and she was the only person I dated in high school. I never dated anybody else. Which I always thought was kind of cool. I saw a lot of people breaking up and dating other people, and I always thought that was kind of neat that I kind of gave my heart to one person and just hoped that would be the end of it, and that was just where it would stay. Um, but she struggled with very severe depression, and I, there were many times where we would be singing in chorus because you know I liked chorus class. I wasn't a great singer, but I enjoyed it. And depending on what song we were singing, or even if it was just a happier song, sometimes I would just see her just break down and to just these fits of, of, of crying and I'd have to go escort her out of the room and the music teacher was very kind and just said go ahead and do what you gotta do she knew, she trusted me and I, something I remember I was still very young when, when, when this happened I think it was maybe ninth grade where she had said that she had planned out the day that she was gonna die and at the time, again, I'm in ninth grade I forget how old that would have made me exactly somewhere in my teens and um probably like maybe like 14 maybe i can't remember um i graduated at 17 so 12 yeah somewhere around there 14 15 anyway um she had said that she had had her death planned out when she had turned 18 uh, she had a january birthday when she turned 18 she was going to end it and i remember thinking well i have to convince her that that's not a good idea <laughs> and uh, we had broken up twice, like throughout eighth and 
10th grade. Um, and then we stayed together from 10th through our the end of our high school and a few years after, actually. And I remember every day, I never forgot that. Even when things looked really good, I always was scared that that was going to happen. And um, it really changed my perspective on a lot of stuff. Even as a kid, I just... I never met anybody who had said that before, and she had, she was a self-mutilator as well, and there was a lot of times where she would come to school with, like, stuff wrapped around all of her arms, and one time I had taken her to go see one of the Saw movies, and they had shown the girl cutting her legs, and so she started doing that too, and started mutilating the crap out of her legs, and, uh, I always blame myself a little for taking her to see that movie, but, uh, but anyway... Uh, that really affected me just seeing her go through that all the time and, and me just thinking like man I have to save her I have to save her that was always what it was, was I have to save her and I never forget I insisted that my dad let me spend the night at her house on her birthday when she turned 18 and my dad wasn't always keen about me spending nights over there um, it took him a while to even get used to the idea that I would be anywhere other than home most of the time. That's a whole other episode and a whole other story, but I convinced him. I said, hey, can I please just stay at her house tonight? So he let me. I never told him why, but but nothing really happened. And she never mentioned it. She never talked about it. And I guess maybe I was the only one that was always thinking about it all the time. And I was afraid to bring it up to think like, again, at the time, I'm still a young dude. And I thought, well, if I say it out loud, if I bring it up, maybe they'll put it back in her head. Maybe she's not thinking about it anymore. But it was rather anticlimactic. Nothing ever happened. We had a nice evening together, don't get me wrong. But I remember waking up that next day, looking over at her real quick, and just being like, okay, she didn't do anything like while I was sleeping. Um, and it just never came up again. And I, I just remember thinking, like, I stressed so hard over this girl thinking that this was going to be it and, and she was just going to do it in secret and it didn't happen and I still think about that now and how I know at the time maybe that's just what she thought who knows what she was thinking when she had said that out loud but I'd taken that so seriously and I think that kind of set me for the rest of my life is that like you still should take it seriously just because it it doesn't happen but then that's where I think after a while I kind of lost some of that which leads me to the main crux of my story today uh, which is uh, my brother, actually, who, gosh, I've lost track of, um, I lost track of the years. Um, I'll, I'll never forget the day, but I always forget the year, which is kind of funny. I don't know why that is. Uh, but I think it was somewhere around 2007 or 2000, maybe it was 2009. I can't remember. Part of that is me just trying to block it out. So I know it's been a long time now. And, um, my brother, uh, again, this is a whole kind of a long story, so I don't want to get too deep into it, but, uh, my brother had a lot of things going on, and he never got over the love of his life, and, uh, she had moved on and had kids with someone else, and he never got past that, and, um, just to make a long story short with kind of some other stuff we can talk about later, somewhere after when he ended his life, the girl that he had been pining over, who had kids ended hers right after his funeral which was a really kind of awful series of things that had happened and I still think about sometimes but the reason I want to talk about this is because I know it sounds a little greedy but I kind of want to talk about 
where my mind was during all this stuff and maybe maybe others can relate to this and and if if you do find yourself listening to this and you are somebody who has considered taking your own life first of all i hope that you don't i really do you know don't do that like you're stronger than you think uh, there's there's i'm not going to give you that pitch like there's help out there and everything i know that you know that but i think it's that you don't think that people give a crap or that you think that you don't deserve help but you do um so just there, there's that but that's another chat for another time but anyway uh i had seen some of these signs that there was a possibility that my brother could have done this and again there's a lot of history i'm leaving out here because it would be a, a super freaking long story and there's a lot more reasons why this is hitting me as hard as it does and did but again i'm trying to keep it a little bit more condensed um, but anyway, you know, I had seen these signs. Uh, I'd even lived with them. I roomed with them for a little while in this trailer that he was really proud to, to own. He always wanted to own something, and he, he did, and he had it. Uh, and he was older than me by a few years. And uh, I had just returned home from living with my girlfriend, who I said I dated in high school. And we had just ended things. And so he kind of felt like he could relate to that, like, hey, I'm still getting over my ex. You're still getting over your ex. Although his was a few years in the making, again, which is his own journey, and mine was still relatively fresh, and um, I'd seen those signs, like, throughout, like, different cycles and, and, and weeks, and, but I remember thinking, he's never gonna do it, <laughs> like, it's one thing that I hate, I hate, and, and part of me feels like that was a remnant from what happened with my girl from high school, is it didn't happen. So I thought he's never gonna do it. He's he's just uh, he's just being dramatic. He just you know needs to get his crap together. Um, you know he's not asking for help, so he clearly doesn't need it. He's just trying to get attention by doing these dumb things. Or again, I know I'm skipping a lot out, but I just never thought he would do it. And I remember one time. He had talked about driving off this place that people people often called Eagles Point. I think that's what it was called. It was a long time since I've even mentioned it out loud. But um, one time he said it to somebody about like just taking his truck and driving off of Eagles Point, and it was a relatively high kind of overlook of like uh, a small town. But I don't know. I mean, I guess you could have died if you drove uh, drove off it. But he said that once. But he was drinking a lot, and I hadn't heard it firsthand. But somebody said that he had said it, and. That's the only time I ever directly told him, hey, quit talking like that. You know, that's that's stupid. Stop saying stuff like that. It's not okay because you're scaring everybody. Please stop stop saying you're going to drive off the Eagle's Point. Um, and I don't remember what his response was, but I know he was mad. <laughs> he was mad that I just said, hey, quit being an asshole and saying stuff like that in front of people. But who knows? I don't know how that would have affected him. But... When everything had happened, uh, what he had done was right before my sister's uh, engagement dinner, uh, I was working um, <laughs> at, a, at a Kmart, and uh, I hadn't had my license yet. Uh, that's a whole other story about I had. I was petrified of driving. Eventually, I got past it, but my father picked me up from work, took me back to the place where I was rooming with my brother because uh, I need to grab something for a girl that I was trying to date. Again, I wasn't like super into it because I was so hurt, but I was trying to like see if dating somebody new would get me past it. That's also part of this, but again, I don't want to get too into it right now. Um, 
but I, he, my dad had dropped me, well, he didn't drop me off. He parked and let me run inside to go grab this girl's coat because she had worked at the restaurant that my sister was having the engagement dinner. So it all just kind of like worked out that way. So I just ran into the trailer to go grab this girl's coat and um, I saw my brother. And again, this is a trailer. It's a standard size trailer. So the ceiling's not that high. Um, and so I walked in there and I, I looked to my right real quick. And my, I, should, I should mention, I know I'm kind of going through quickly, but my brother and I had a, had a very big fight the night before. Like a very, very big fight. And I found out later when my parents were there late to the evening that he had wanted to come up to where, where I was because I had spent the night elsewhere because he and I were like fighting each other. Uh, he had he wanted to come and assault me. He wanted to, he wanted to hurt me. He even threatened to kill me at one point, apparently. But I didn't find this out until long after he had died. And uh, which probably was for the better at the time. But uh, he... Anyway, I walked into the trailer... And I had uh, looked to my right, uh, which were, when you walk into the trailer, to the left is like the kitchen area, to the right is one of the bedrooms and the living room area, uh, right before that. And there's a wooden TV stand uh, that had a small TV on it. And uh, to the side of that, I saw my brother, who, again, this is a low ceiling. So it looked like he was just standing there. For a second there, I thought I saw him turn away from me. And I was still a little awkward about going in there, and so I just kind of kept up my tough guy face, and I said, you know, what the hell's your problem? And so trying to look casual, I walked into the kitchen and grabbed something from the from the fridge, just trying to, like, kind of relax myself for this possible altercation I'd have before I... Because he was standing in the way. Like, I had to go into this room to get this girl's coat, uh, and he was, he was there. And so I turned around... And I, I noticed something that I didn't notice the first time, where uh, there's like this yellow nylon rope that was coming from like one of the beams in the ceiling, and it was tied around his neck, and it was short. It was a short rope, uh, and uh, we had surmised later that he had cannonballed off of this TV stand uh, and broke his neck on impact, and his feet were still on the floor, which was also very... Is a, is a, a very weird um, feeling and, and thing to see, and I remember just looking at him and just I was I started swearing immediately and screaming at him. I wanted to hit him like so badly I wanted to hit him, but then I knew that if I punched my brother's corpse I'd never get over that. Like how, how many people can say they punched a corpse and felt okay with it? And ugh, I wanted to hit him so bad. I was so angry at him. I was livid. I was kicking everything I was swearing and all I could think about at that point is after I calmed down I was like how the hell do I tell my dad who's sitting outside in the truck waiting for me that my brother's gone like how do I how do I do that <laughs> what do I what do I do here and um, so many things are going through my mind at that moment and I was eerily calm like after I let out some of my rage I was weirdly relaxed and I just kind of relaxed for a second. I said, okay, now's not the time for me to be upset because I know that other people are going to be upset. And that's just where my mind was. I don't know why that's what happened. And I remember telling other people later, my sister even, who did not understand it and was very angry with me because I wasn't, um, I was, wasn't freaking out. Like that scared her and it scared a couple other people that I told that. And again, I don't know why that's where I was, but that's just where I was at the time after I got some of my anger out and I remember feeling a lot of blame 
um, through it all, but eventually I, I reached out and I touched him just because I had to be sure, which that was a very surreal feeling, one that I'll never forget, and um, I hated it. I couldn't keep my hands on it from within a second. It just didn't feel normal. That's not, that wasn't what my brother looked like. That wasn't what my brother felt like. He should have been talking to me. Uh, so I went out, and this is where I feel like I was probably a little psycho at the time. Because I was nervous that if I walked out there calmly and told my dad, hey, he's gone. I'm trying not to say his name because like, I don't, I don't want to cause any issues. But um, I went out there and said, hey, he's dead. If I just walked out there like that super calmly, I don't know if my dad either would have taken it seriously or if later once everything calmed down, he'd have been like, why were you so relaxed? Like, what, what's wrong with you? Or did you do something? I, I just, that's just where my brain was. I was thinking, like, what do I do? So I had to go out and pretend I was more upset than I was in that moment and panicked so that way my dad would react the way that I needed him to react. And he, he did. Uh, he, he ran in. He touched my brother for a second. Like, he immediately started just weeping and ran and just got into the truck and went to go get my mom. Because he tried calling mom and mom wasn't picking up her phone. And, uh, because at the time we just got these cell phones and, um, that was, that was new to us. <laughs> Flip phones were very new to that, to my family. And, um, so he couldn't get a hold of her and he just took, took the truck and ran. And so I was sitting there alone. He didn't even call 911. He just ran. And I thought, well, I have to call 911. And again, do I sound calm? Do I sound frantic? Like, cause I was, I was calm. And so I just called and I just, I was like, I don't have to pretend anything with them. I was like, if I pretend, they're going to think something's weird. So I just said, hey, you know, my brother's gone. He, he's dead. You don't have to rush anybody out here. Like, there's, you're not going to be able to save him. Like, he's gone. And I said, my father left, and he's going to get my mother. So can you get here before they get here? Because I don't want my mom to come in here and, and see what happened. And um, uh, so, I mean, they did, and... I just remember sitting there inside the house or inside the trailer with my brother's body pretty much standing there and just looking at him and just being like, like, what did I do wrong? How could I have seen this coming? Or did I? And I just, you know, and I, again, earlier, as I mentioned, I never thought he would do it. I came back to that and I thought, why did I not take that seriously? Why did I not tell you more that I care about you? Why did I not tell you more that I love you? Why did I not tell you more that um, that obviously I don't want you to be dead? And, you know, in hindsight, I, I think it's because you assume that the, everybody knows these things. You assume that they know you love them. They assume that you know that life would be hard without them. Um, but sometimes I guess you, you people don't really know. Like, they know, like, again, like, what your mind knows and what your heart feels are two different things. And I know now with other tragedies that I've gone through, uh, including that one, is that that very well could have been where he was. He knew that we loved him, but maybe that wasn't what he was looking for. Maybe that's, maybe he needed to hear that more, or maybe... Everything going on with his ex was just too much for him to bear, and maybe he needed to hear it from her. I don't know. That type of depression, that type of loneliness, you could be in a room 
with millions of other people and still like feel like the loneliest person on earth feel like no one's there and I think that's how he felt and and I gotta say stuff like that has affected me so bad because I say bad but in a big way because you never want anybody else to go through that you don't want people that you know to lose somebody through that you don't want anybody you know or even hell for me people I don't know to feel like that's their way out like that's what they have to do Um, sometimes that pressure just gets too much and more often than not these things happen just on like a moment's notice like you're just summing up the courage and you do it and I've heard of stories where people try to take their lives in other ways and they just happen to have a a second of regret right before it happens and some of them survive and some of them don't but sometimes I wish if he just stopped and took a breath you know just like maybe just a few breaths and just thought is this what I need to do is this worth it is this where is this where I want my story to end you know who's this going to affect I don't know. That's why they say it's a greedy thing. And, and I do feel that way. I do. Because that void never gets filled. Like, there's always a piece of you that's missing. I still get angry about it. I still get bitter about it. Even understanding more of it now than I ever have before. I still don't... I still don't... I still don't think that it's a good... Obviously, I don't think it's a good idea. But I think you're allowed to be mad. I think, I think you're allowed to feel like it's a greedy thing because they're doing it because they can't handle it anymore. But more often than not, in those moments, maybe they, again, they're not considering how that hurts other people. I mean, hell, sometimes people will do it. Part of me believes that the way he did it, he did it because he knew it would hurt somebody else. And again, that's another time, another story. But um, that could also be the case. But if you are somebody who has gone through something like this, Whatever you've been feeling is normal. I think uh, don't just don't hurt anybody with it. Just try to be understanding. You're allowed to feel what you're feeling, but don't bring anybody else down if they don't agree with you. Uh, I know that's hard. Trust me, I know it's hard. It's so bad when someone's like, "Oh, well, poor them, poor them." But it's okay to be mad. Hell, it's been whew, probably at least a decade now, maybe longer. Again, the year kind of escapes me, which is kind of sad, but. Um, I still get angry about it. I'm still very, very defensive about how I feel because I feel like a lot of people get angry with with where I was at the time and where I still am. And if you are somebody who has been considering taking your own life or considering hurting yourself in some way, uh, it's not worth it, man. It isn't. Uh, And I'm just telling you, as somebody who has gone through something like it, as somebody who has um, who has been through the ringer on this type of ordeal, and trust me, there was a part of this whole ordeal where people thought that I had strung my brother up myself, which would have been impossible. But in a small town I grew up, when a rumor f- spread, people people thought I did it. People thought, oh, Adam went in there and he and his brother had a fight. And so somehow he overpowered him and did that. And hell, even my own flesh and blood blamed me at one point and said he did it because of you. And again, that's a whole other story. But um, so I went through not only feeling blame against myself, but getting it from outside sources. 
Um, and at first I didn't take it as personally because everybody was still going through it. But months and months later, I still got it. And, um, you know, that's that wears heavily on a man's heart. And just so that you know, look, I know that it's hard to think outside of your own box for a second. Because it's so, it's difficult to see anybody else when you're constantly being smothered and covered by your own grief and misery and obstacles and failures and letdowns and disappointments and, and assaults. Uh, but just because life's not going your way now doesn't mean that it can't. I mean, sometimes I know it sucks to hear, but patience, they call it a virtue for a reason. I know in this day and age it's hard because you want things now and things have to happen now. Otherwise, it's, what's the point? You know, maybe you're drowning in debt or maybe you feel like you don't have friends. Or maybe you feel like your former lover is never going to get as good as that or better than that. Um, life can only get as good as you want yourself to be. And hell, even now here where I am, it's not exactly where I want to be, but it definitely could be a lot worse. And I'm very grateful for what I do have because there's people who don't have some of the things that I do. And um, I try, I always try to hold on to that. And so for whatever, whatever your struggle is, whether it's a chemical depression or emotional depression or whatever frustrations you may have. And again, I know this sounds cliche. There are people that care about you. If you just reach out, just be honest with them. Just give them, don't have, don't hint about where you're at if you could pick anybody on your Facebook wall and say hey I'm having a hard time you know I've considered ending my own life I'm having a really difficult time can we talk like, I just need you to listen and, and be clear be clear that if you want someone to talk to if you don't want to seek professional help and I understand if you're nervous about that but if you want to talk to somebody personally tell them I only want you to listen I don't need you to solve my problem I don't need you to give me solutions. I just need you to hear me. Because it's hard. Listening is a hard thing for a lot of people because people, when they hear that there's this challenge, they want to give you solutions. They want to help. And their heart is in the right place, and you know that it is. But sometimes the best thing somebody can do, and listen, sometimes it's good for you just to have a, you know, like, I forget what they call that effect where, like, when you, when you, like, problem solvers who would just need somebody to sit there and listen to them kind of talk out loud about what their problem is, like, so they can fix it without having any input from that person. There, there's a phenomenon or, or a study, I forget what it's called. But that effect still happens emotionally, too. Sometimes you just need to know somebody's heard you. And that way, you can build a confidant in that and just, you know, tell them. Uh, I had I'd wished that my brother and I talked more. I wish that I had asked him more questions and... Just know that if you're going through that, some people don't know it. And it's maybe it's not that they don't think that you ever do it, but some people just would never think that that would be something that you would consider. You know, some people, again, you hear it all the time, but, oh, he or she, they were the happiest person. They were always the life of the party. They were always... And that's because they don't want anybody else to feel as shitty as they do. Right? But just know that people are not that socially curious. Like, they usually take things at face value. So, if they see that you're happy, they're going to assume that you're happy. And if you're not, it's okay to tell them. But anyway, that's that's it for now. I just kind of wanted to share a little bit about that. Because it, it suicide affects the living far more than it affects those who did it. You know, obviously. But sometimes I think that we forget that. 
and uh, whether you're considering it or whether you're um, whether you might know somebody who is you know it's just talk just talk to someone could be about anything open with something soft softball like your favorite TV show or something doesn't matter it's just something to get a dialogue rolling you'd be surprised how much it helps but alright ladies and gentlemen that's it thank you for listening to me talk to me and anyone else who decided to listen I know this was a little bit of a longer episode but sometimes these things just um, they tend to roll on you know so anyway in the meantime and this is a big reason why I say this um, sincerely is I hope that you are taking care of your mind and taking care of your heart and most importantly taking care of each other and with that I will see you guys later take care friends <laughs>